This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Nerds with Friends. As you may notice, uh, I'm all by myself. My name is Cody Leach, and uh, my co-host Christian is off on vacation. So good for him. When your co-host is away, I figured it was time that I could do something that I've been wanting to do for a long time and talk solely about one nerdy facet that is very near and dear to my heart, and that is miniatures. Painting miniatures has... A lot of cool therapeutic properties for me. You know, after a long day of work, I can come home, put a little paint onto plastic, and, you know, seems like the day's troubles really start to melt away. And uh, I haven't been doing it for a long time. I'm just coming up on like a year and a half of painting, um, but it's really captured me. And I feel like it's something I could definitely share with you guys um, if you're interested. Um, and I feel like a lot of people have trepidations about getting into the hobby. They think it's going to be super expensive, super daunting. They don't know where to start. And so I figured I would make a video like this and kind of demystify some of the mini painting rules and, and kind of break it down and make it a little easier to digest and understand. So uh, I'm going to kind of go over what is needed to get started in the miniature painting hobby. I'm not going to go over techniques necessarily, but if you guys enjoy this, like and subscribe um, and let us know down in the comments and maybe I'll make start doing a couple technique videos here and there. Um, and one thing that's kind of interesting about this one, it will be a short episode. Um, and for our audio listeners, I apologize. This is definitely a more of a YouTube-centric uh, podcast. It's going to be a little shorter, um, but I think you guys will enjoy it. And if you don't, don't worry. Nerds with Friends will be back next week with our regularly scheduled programming. So sit back, enjoy, and I hope you learn a thing or two. So first thing that you need when you're getting into the miniature painting hobbies is you're going to need some miniatures. Something like this. This is a box of intercessors Space Marines by Games Workshop for the game Warhammer 40,000. You don't have to go with Games Workshop. You don't have to go with any particular brand at all. The best thing to do is just to find a miniature that speaks to you and has a cool design and something that interests, piques your interest and makes you want to paint it. At the end of the day, that's really what's going to get you painting. I remember my first miniature... Uh, was a Hero Forge custom miniature that I made for a D&D game that we were starting up. You know, I had played Dungeons & Dragons before with small little unpainted gray miniatures that a buddy of mine had, and it was never quite what my character was going to be. So I went to Hero Forge, which is a custom uh, miniature designing website where you can 
add different sorts of like weapons and clothing to your miniature, really make it how you want. Then they print it out and send it to you. And so I did that and I decided I don't want a basic looking gray miniature anymore. I'm going to learn how to paint this. And let me tell you, it was not very good. It was uh, like, there's probably three colors on him. He doesn't have his eyeballs painted uh, because that was way out of my skill level. But at the end of the day, when I was done with it, I was like, yes, this looks awesome. And the next one's going to be even better. And that's how I got started. So don't be fooled. Your first miniature is not going to look very good. Um, but that's okay. You, you can only get better from there. With practice and a little bit of learning and figuring out awesome techniques online through avenues like YouTube, um, Painting Buddha, Miniac, um, lots of great channels out there, or by reading books, visiting online forums, you can improve really quickly and you'll start making some badass looking minis like some of the ones I have down here in front of me. So after you've decided on which miniature you want to paint, sometimes you're going to have to assemble that miniature, um, which might seem a little daunting, but it's if you've ever done a thing of Legos, it's very similar to that. In a box of Games Workshop miniatures, they come on this thin piece of plastic called a sprue. And you can see all the various different parts on there where they're all legs, bodies, heads, everything else. And you're gonna have to get them off of there. So to do that, a lot of people use different things. If you have uh, an X-Acto knife, which is like, some people will call it a hobby knife, something that looks kind of like this. Those are easy to do. You gotta be careful though, they are very sharp and you could definitely slice your finger open. Um, so be very careful with that. Um, or you could use a thing of these called, uh, I call these flat edge clippers. Um, they're very precise clipping little like wire cutter things almost. Um, very easy to get off there. But if you're just starting out, you don't really need either of those things. You could really get like a pair of scissors and just be very careful and get them out of there. Um, some psychopaths will even uh, like bend it back and forth until it pops out. Um, whatever you need to do to get it off of there. Um, you just need to assemble the little pieces that the instructions call for. And then they will give you a handy dandy instruction booklet that teaches you everything you need to know about installing or I'm sorry teaches you everything you need to know about constructing your miniatures some kits will be push fit where they have little uh, pegs that you plug into holes and that makes the miniatures stick together those are really cool especially for new miniature painters otherwise get yourself a bottle of super glue um, any old super glue will work this stuff is kind of nice um, this is Instacure Plus, um, Cyanoacrylate, which that's Cyanoacrylate. I think I had that right the first time. Uh, this is super glue that's a little bit heavier body, so it's kind of jelly. It um, makes it a little easier so you're not gluing your fingers together. Can't tell you how many times I've glued my fingers together and glued them to other parts that I won't care to mention. But once you have everything glued together, you're ready to start painting. But there is a step you need to do before you start painting. And that's called priming. First, you need to get yourself a can of primer. Uh, this one is made by Army Painter. They're a quality brand, but any old primer will do as long as it's safe to use on plastic or resin or whatever your miniature happens to be made out of. You don't have to get necessarily a spray can. Um, you can do brush-on primer where it comes in a little jar and you just brush it on with a paintbrush. But I found that the easiest thing 
where I get the best results is a spray can. If you have an airbrush, go for it. But if you have an airbrush, you're probably not watching this video anyway. Uh, and it, when it comes to color of primer, there's a couple different ways of thinking about it. You could either do your classic grayscale, like black, white, gray, um, depending on, you know, is the miniature going to be bright in color, dark in color, or somewhere in between. I like to do uh, gray just because it's an all-purpose primer. And there's more advanced techniques out there, like zenithal priming, where you do a black undercoat and then spray a lighter gray or white over the top of it to give it like a nice natural shadow. You can get into that kind of stuff and go wild with priming, but I like to do just a standard gray. Very easy to deal with. You could paint bright colors over it. You could paint dark colors over it. Makes it super easy. Now you might be asking yourself, why are we priming these miniatures? Aren't we just going to cover them up with paint anyway? And you're right. We are going to cover them with paint. The problem is when you're using paints for miniatures, the paint itself isn't very sticky. So it has a hard time grabbing on to the plastic that the miniatures are made of. And it needs a little help and it makes, and we want to make sure that that nice paint job that we spent a lot of time painting stays on the miniatures, especially if you're going to be using them for tabletop games like Dungeons and Dragons or Warhammer. And so the primer helps kind of bridge the gap between acrylic paint and miniature. So it makes it stick, makes it stay on there. And when you knock over your miniature, it's not going to chip off and fray away. Um, so all of your hard earned or hard worked on paint job is still on the miniature for years to come. So that's why primer is important. It's pretty easy. You just put it on like I, I like to use old Amazon boxes. I just tape it down onto the box, hold it about six to eight inches away and do light coats until the entire miniature is covered. And then it's all primed, ready to go. You got to let that bad boy dry. Now, once everything's primed, it's time to start painting. So there's a couple things you need when you want to start painting a miniature. Uh, the two most important things by far are paint, which we have paint like this. We use primarily for miniatures, acrylic paint, which is water-based and generally speaking, non-toxic. Doesn't mean you can go squirt a whole tube in your mouth, but it means if you lick your brush like I do, you're not going to be in a world of trouble. There's a lot of different brands out there. I prefer Scale 75, which is this guy right here. It gives a very matte finish. And matte, if you're unfamiliar, is the opposite of shiny. Very dull and like flat looking. Um, there's also this brand Chimera Colors, which these guys are really cool. These guys are really cool because they are pure pigment paints, which means there's only orange in this one or only red or only black. When you have another company like this other brand, Vallejo or Vallejo, if you uh, use the Spanish pronunciation, um, even though this looks blue, there's probably blue, a little bit of red. There's multiple kinds of pigments in here. And so that, that becomes important when you start mixing colors. So normally if you mix blue and red, you get purple. But if that red has some yellow in it and then the blue has some green in it you mix them all together and they start to make like a brownish gray so chimera is kind of cool because you only get one color so they're great for mixing your own shades a little bit advanced but cool thing to experiment with then the other guy the probably the most popular one out that a lot of people see is citadel which is made by games workshop who again makes warhammer warhammer 40k warhammer age of sigmar or warhammer fantasy for you old guys out there now 
it doesn't really matter what brand of paint you go with. Just whatever your local game store has available, that's generally what I stick with. Um, now, I've kind of figured out what I like as a painter. So that's why I've started going with the Scale 75. I like the finish that they offer. I like how they work when you're applying them to the miniature. I like you know how they thin down and you know go on. Very nice coverage. Very cool colors. I really enjoy the, the color range that they have. But, you know, I experiment around too. This color right here, which is a Citadel color called Warplock Bronze, uh, is one of my favorite metallic colors out there. It's like this gritty, dirty bronze, and it looks so good on, like, robot guys like this Necron here. These guys were all based in that Warplock Bronze. Gives them very dingy, grody-looking color. Um, now, whichever paint brand you go with, uh, you know, they're all going to be different consistencies. Scale 75 is kind of jelly. Uh, you know, model color by Vallejo is kind of a little thinner. Uh, the Chimera is very thick, thick boys. And then, you know, the Citadel is kind of somewhere in between. Depending on which one you get, you're going to have to thin your paints differently. So when you first paint your first miniature, you don't just take paint straight out of the bottle, straight out of the paint pot which is what we call these little tubby guys here you don't take it straight out of the container you have to thin it down with a little bit of water generally it's like one drop just to get it so it's not so goopy and then it goes onto the model smoothly now, the reason why that's important if you go straight out of the bottle onto the model two things are going to happen first you're going to run out of paint a lot faster because you're going to use more than you would when you're thinning them down think of it as like that orange juice concentrate you get from the grocery store. You're not just opening that can and just drinking that frozen gross orange juice like a psychopath. You mix it with water and then it makes slightly less gross orange juice. But what you do with the paints is you thin them down and then uh, it makes the paints last longer. But another thing it does is it makes them go onto the model smoother. If you put big goopy paint onto your model, you're going to see brush marks. Like you're going to see his face looks like the guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, it's going to have big old melty brush marks in it. Um, and it's going to leave texture on the model. And you don't want that. These models are very, very small. So you want to make sure that when you look at them, none of that very fine detail is obscured. If you just goop on flesh color paint over the eyes, when it's not thinned down, the little eye sockets and the eyeballs are going to be completely lost under a, a whole mudslide of paint. So you want to thin your paints. A little bit of water goes a long way, so you don't want to wet it down too much, but you want it to lay down smooth. There's, I mean, forums and forums and forums on the internet of how to thin to thin your paints. Um, the consistency I try to go for is like a melted bowl of ice cream. Sometimes that works great. Sometimes I need it a little thicker. Sometimes I want it even thinner when you're doing advanced techniques like glazing. Sometimes you want it thicker for things like wet blending. It all depends, but if you go for the melted ice cream bowl, you should be fine for your first miniature. The next thing you're going to need when it comes to painting is obviously some way to put that paint onto the model. Most common way being paintbrushes. So when it comes to paintbrushes, there's a million different brands, manufacturers, styles, materials they're made of. It it really is going to come down to both your budget and you know your comfort level as well. And what you're painting. If you're painting a big giant dragon, you may not want a teensy tiny little brush like this little guy right here. 
you may want something a little bit bigger. Or you may want to invest in a can of spray paint, you know, to give a nice base coat first. But most of the time when we're painting, whether it's Warhammer or Dungeons and Dragons miniatures, you're going to want a paintbrush. Now, there's two materials that paintbrushes are generally made out of. There's something like this, which this is a Raphael 8404 brush. Pretty fancy one. These are like 17 bucks a piece. You don't need to get this first. In fact, I recommend you don't start with one of these. But this is a Kolinsky sable hair brush. What that means is they use weasel hair, like this Russian Siberian weasel. Um, they use some of his hair from his tail to make a very fine pointed brush. Um, it's not pointed right now because it's been in a bag, but... Trust me, these guys are awesome, and that point always comes back, making them excellent for fine detail work. Um, though, because they are made from animal hair, and it takes uh, you know so many weasels to make one brush, they are a little bit more expensive. Like I said, about $16, $17 a piece on these guys. So a lot of you guys, and I think the best way to start is with something like this, which is a synthetic brush. This is made with Golden Taclon, which is like a synthetic... like. You know, thing you I bought a box of these off of Amazon for like five dollars, seven dollars. And it comes with a million different sizes, a million different tips and styles. I think that's probably your best bet for starting out is to get a a thing of those. Or a lot of uh kits, starter kits with paints will come with a basic brush. You only really need one to start off with. Um, but if you were gonna buy two, I would buy a small, you know, detail all-around brush like this and then the second one I would get would be something like this which you can see this is a very bristly brush here we call this a dry brush uh, if you want to take either your sisters your girlfriends or your mom's makeup brushes those work really well too um, you can also find those on Amazon here's a makeup brush right here this one's a little little filled with old paint but anything that's soft and bristly there's some really cool techniques that make painting really easy with one of these bad boys too. So get yourself a brush. Now, there's going to be things like brush sizes. And the thing to know about brush sizes is there is no standard for brush size. So this is a number zero or a size zero brush by this, you know, no name. It's called Zhu Ting Artist Brush. Um, this is a size zero. And then this is a size zero Raphael. If you look at them closely, which uh, you can see here, they are actually different size tips. Now, why is that? They're both size zero. They should be the same size. It's because no one checks on that crap. A size zero from Raphael is not the same as a size zero from Windsor & Newton or from Citadel or from any of these other companies. It's just arbitrary. So the best way to do it is just look at it and be like, oh, that's the one I want. A easy way to get a good brush, go to your local game store. I'm going to recommend that time and time again. Going to your local game store, they will get you set up with what you need. Now, we have our paint brush. We have our paint. We have our primed model. Now, what are we going to do? Well, it's time to paint. But where do we put the paint? Um, there, There's a lot of different ways of keeping your paint ready to go when you're painting a model. The easiest is going to be what's called a palette. Now there's different types of palettes. You know, it's the thing you see in movies where there's an artist and he's got the paint all on this big board, just mixing it up and painting it on the canvas. 
similar to that, but obviously we're using smaller stuff, so you don't need a gigantic board of paint. Uh, there's two main types of palette. There's dry and wet. I'm going to recommend for most people using a wet palette, and here's the reason why. Acrylic paint is very quick drying. It's not like paint when you paint your house where it takes like two days to fully dry and if you sit on it or put your hand on it you're gonna rub the paint off quickly this stuff dries really really quickly because the water evaporates out of it and that turns it into like a plastic polymer that sticks to your model and it's a finished paint so if you're painting something really small and you're really taking your time to paint those eyes on just right that paint is being exposed to air that whole time and as you're doing that, it's drying. It's developing a film over the top, and it just, at the end of a half hour of painting, you're just going to have a dry blob of paint on, you know, whatever you're using as a palette. So I'm going to suggest using a wet palette. Now, this is my wet palette. doesn't look much. It's got paint all over it. I apologize for that. But what it is, essentially, is it's a little plastic tray with a sponge inside. So this sponge here, it's nothing really super special. You can see it's covered in paint. But its job is to hold water, right? Um, so you put this in the bottom of the tray here, just like so. And then we put a thin permeable paper over the top of it like this. This is parchment paper. You can get it at your local grocery store, whether it's Safeway, Vons, whatever. Um, you just want to make sure it's baking parchment paper, non-wax. So you don't want wax paper because that keeps water out, and that's not the idea of what we're trying to do. Um, you can also make one of these. I bought this one. It's not super expensive. It's like, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks. And it, you know, I've had this one for over a year now and it still works just fine. Um, but you, if you, if 20 or 30 bucks is too much for you and you're just trying to dip your toes in a miniature painting, um, you can very easily make one. You just get that roll of parts from paper. You may already have it at your house. And then you take some paper towels and fold them up, soak them in water, put them in the bottom of either a, uh, like a deep, like dinner plate or a Tupperware and then put a square of parchment paper over the top and it will work just the same. What's happening is that water is coming up through the sponge, through the parchment paper and keeping whatever paint you drip on top of the paper nice and moist and ready to paint. So you can paint for hours and hours and hours and still have fresh, non-dried out, grody paint. Cool. Now, again, I'm not going to go into the different painting techniques uh, when you're painting miniatures. But the main things you want to think about when you're painting is you want to be able to sit down at a nice place, like on a table or a desk. And, you know, you want a nice comfy chair and you want really good light too. So if you're by a window and it's day daylight outside, then that's perfect. You get that natural light. Otherwise, you can get like a desk lamp or an overhead light. You just want to make sure that you can see what you're looking at, right? Um, you also want a nice clean working area where you're not like cramped, where you're trying to like paint stuff and you know, you're knocking stuff over. You want a nice open area. Um, and you want to be able to put your elbows down onto whatever surface you're painting with. So you can stay nice and steady and really focus on what you're painting. Another thing I would suggest is something like this, which is a painting holder. These are really cool because if you have a miniature like this and they have a little round or square base on them you can put this in here and it holds tension on it so you can sit and paint it without having to hold on to the tiny little brim it gives you a little bit more ergonomic um, grip to it now this is a 
one that I've bought from Citadel, again, the company that makes uh, Warhammer. But you can use them out of anything. Uh, I, I use a lot of like old corks or pieces of wood, little blocks of wood. You just get that with a little sticky tack on top or some double-sided tape. Works just fine. Just gets uh, the mini away from my hand so my big, giant, fat fingers don't get in the way. And then after all that's said and done, you're off and you're painting. So um, there's a million techniques out there. Again, if you want to learn some more about miniature painting techniques, how to do it, what, how to make them look better, there's a million uh, YouTube videos out there. And that's really where I would suggest looking first. But there's also websites, blogs, vlogs. Uh, there's books that you can buy. There's all sorts of material out there that'll help you improve painting. And maybe if you guys enjoy this, I will do one of those videos too and go over some basic techniques. I'm by no means an expert. I just know I, I have a lot of fun painting these guys. And I've, I know also that I have improved quite a bit over the past year and a half in the hobby. You know, going from one of my very first miniatures to one of my current miniatures that I just finished, the difference is pretty amazing, even to me. And I've been doing it the whole time. Um, and it just takes time, time and practice. I think one thing that really helped me when I started out in the hobby is getting used to the fact that, hey, man, there's always someone better out there. I'm never going to be the best miniature painter. It's as long The sooner you learn that, the better off you'll be because you're not going to be judging yourself against people like Michael Pisarski or Roman Lapot or Vinci Venturella from his YouTube channel, Hobby Cheating. Those guys have been doing it for a lot longer than you. If you're just starting now, it's going to take a while to catch up. But you can get good enough where your friends are going to be like, dang, dude, that looks sick. That's an awesome looking miniature. And how'd you do that? I've even started teaching some of my buddies how to paint and it's really fun. It's a great hobby and you can really do whatever you want. If you like sci-fi or fantasy or, you know, Ninja Turtles, there's a miniature out there for you. There's Marvel superheroes out there as well. There's a million different kinds of miniatures out there. You just have to find one that speaks to you and then get yourself five, $10 worth of paint and a little crappy $6 brush from Amazon, and you're going to have a great time. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. Please leave any questions you have down in the comments. I love reading those. And make sure you like and subscribe. And if you're interested in all other nerdy things, please consider checking out nerdswithfriendspodcast.com. That's our uh, normal podcast. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash nerds with friends that's where you can help support that show and you know sponsor co extra content like this so until next time you're not alone get those minis painted my name is cody leach have a great day. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank. 
and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. 